better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday, Takes on Takes edition of the show. Draft Dudes is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 10 bucks off your first order. Kyle, welcome. Hello, Joe. We're back on Zencasta. Well, for now, let's see if for now mid show it glitches on us and the other show will be worse audio quality like yesterday. Uh, yeah. So if you noticed we sounded a little different yesterday, <laughs> we weren't on any helium or anything like that. We just had to change recording apparatus halfway through the show. And uh, we're open to new ideas. We'll just say that anybody listening that's got a nice. uh mobile recording software hit me up I want to talk to you all right shall we i guess did the people bring like the takes today like they're good yeah they're heat? pretty good the there's some off script stuff here that'll be fun oh geez okay so we're gonna go off the rails you never know even if it doesn't present itself that way this could get weird so i see we have one from donatello the turtle right <laughs> look at that look at that third from the bottom as well good names here i'm too a sexy for my shirt yeah i have somebody uh for lockdown bills we do twitter tuesday this guy's name is uh he sends it pretty regular now it's his name is nate the cheeseburger walrus <laughs> Every time I go in a little rant about his name. The the cheeseburger walrus? Yes. Yep. And I say that every uh, lately he's been he's been filling it up with uh with takes. So um yeah. That's what he calls himself. That is terrific. I have one for uh for power to the pod too, but I don't have it on hand, so uh I'm gonna look for it in between our takes here. And hope to to lock it down. Yeah, don't mess so it let's, up. Let's get into the takes today. All right, I, I like this first one's good. Okay, uh, I'm going to give it to you since you know you 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 did tie a solid and actually took his take today. Yeah, you know what? I think I think we've taken several of his takes. Ty Ty tweeted me separately from submitting the take today. He goes. Joe's been dunking my takes ever since I suggested the Bills move to Toronto and put hashtag Sour Patch Kid. Right. When we went through the list, like, I think we've used three of them since then. Holy cow. I just love he called you Sour Patch Kid, man. Yeah, it's really funny. Okay. If it would be funny if it was true, but I, it's not true. <laughs> See, you are a Sour Patch Kid. No, I just literally said, no, you, you're, you're trying to force that and to try to turn me up and it's not going to happen. I like okay. his take, though. I want to say yes keep, to this. Keep your composure. As usual. Comp picks should extend to include coaches. If you lose a coordinator to a head coach position, you should be compensated with a third-round pick. Position coaches would equate to a fourth and so on, especially since coaches can no longer be protected. I sort of like this a lot. The only thing that gives me some caution here is – you feel like in a way the rich get richer because if you're losing a coordinator to a head coach, that unit was very good. And you're, you're, you're adding to a team that probably doesn't need it. 
Um, but I do like the idea because it is so detrimental. I, I remember this past off season when the bills, when Brian Dable was interviewing with the bills and being like nervous that they would lose him because I thought him coming back would be important for continuity and all those types of things. And I do think it's very disruptive, um, to your, to your operation as a football team. And so I think that will be a reasonable idea. Not one I've considered, but something I, I like a lot. Would you give a third for coordinator though? Well, you wouldn't have to give it up. You would just inherit it like you would a compensation. No, I understand that. But I'm saying, like, I don't think a team should be getting a third for losing any head coach. Like, it may be a coordinator, you get a fifth, and then a position coach, you get a sixth. Third's a big deal. So the structure here bothers you? It's it's just, I think the compensation is pretty rich. Because, like, the guys who get net you thirds in comp picks are the guys that are getting like top of market contracts across the league. But you don't with, with the coaching thing, like it's incredibly disruptive. You know, this, I understand that. So you you thinking it should be lower down the draft order, but you can get behind the idea here. I can get behind the idea, but I, I don't think you should be getting a day two selection for losing a coach. Okay. So, I mean, that's a fringe top 100 pick. I think it's really disruptive to lose your coordinator. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm, we're splitting here. I mean, maybe we're not. Fourth round for a head coach, if you lose a coordinator or a head coach. Fifth for the others. Yeah, something right. like that. Cameron Spencer. Maurice Hurst uh, will lead the Raiders in pressure percentage in 2020 and challenge for double-digit sacks. No, give me Max Crosby. You know, Max was like super try hard last year, right? Like high motor, uh, relentless style of play. But I think there's enough there that that he can continue to build upon what was a really promising season for him. And uh I do think Maurice Hurst is a good football player. Um but I think the the potential of I don't know. Do, 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 are you sold one way hard on this or the other? Because um, like I can see Maurice Hurst having a breakout season, but like my gut told me Max Crosby. I can see it. I think uh, Hurst might not play as many snaps, so that could lead to you know more opportunity. I mean, we know he's a wrecking ball, and I get excited by him working with Rod Marinelli. Um, you know, I think the defensive end rotation is going to be a little bit more clogged up now that you got Carl Nassib in the mix, you know, so snaps could go down there. So he's saying pressure percentage. So um, I could see Maurice Hurst on, as an interior player, you know, playing 35, 40% of the snaps to like really unleash on those snaps and have a chance for this to be true. But will it, but if he plays limited snaps, then he's probably not challenging double digit sacks. So this yeah. kind of becomes like a an and or right an an A or B, but not probably not both. So if they if he stopped the sentence before the and, you'd be more inclined to to say yeah, yes. I think so. Okay. I think yeah. so. I think that's fair. Okay, uh, Donatello the turtle. 
What is the Seahawks? He added the Seahawks too. Total Savage. Uh, what is the Seahawks drafting strategy? And had they switched the order last year of Metcalf and Collier, would they still be the butt of draft jokes? Takes on takes. Hashtag. Uh, also, coconut almond is my favorite built bar flavor. Um, all right. So there's there's three things we have to deal with here. First of all, interesting choice for Donatello to be the the turtle that you would go with for your name here. Right. Um, right. Maybe he, you're very tech savvy and, and that would be the reason why. But I think the the Ninja Turtle power rankings are Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello and then Raphael. I don't know that you can. Do you have a different order? Um, I don't feel strongly enough about. Nothing jumped off what you said at me that was like I was offended by it. Raphael's so definitely that. fourth. That guy, oh my yeah, god, he's lame. Jeez, man, that like that's the one guy in your friend group. You're like, dude, I stop inviting this guy. Um, <laughs> secondly, coconut almond is the best built bar flavor. Uh, well, my wife agrees with that. Um, not me though. I like other flavors better. I'm not the. I don't hate coconut, but it's. Not all. It's also not my favorite, so it would not be at the top of my big board. Now, what you really cared about was the Seahawks drafting strategy. I think we can acknowledge that it is different, right? We don't often come away with positive vibes with what Seattle does in the moment. Uh, it is challenging to be overly critical, however, because of the team success that this organization has had over the last eight years. Now, we could say that Russell Wilson has <laughs> covered up a lot and you could argue that maybe had they managed their draft capital more effectively, that they could have been more dominant. And I think we can look, especially with their first round and realize that they haven't, they haven't gotten as much fruit as they should based on first round picks that they've traded for players. Then they traded out and the ones they've picked. I mean, they haven't picked up a fifth year option ever on one of the players they've drafted and, and the, the trades really haven't worked out. So, I do think, yeah, your specific example about Metcalf and Collier, if Metcalf was their first round pick, you know, that you're exactly right. It, there wouldn't be much criticism. There wouldn't be any criticism towards that right now, especially after the year that he had. And I think if you look at that draft class, I mean, Phil Haynes has a chance to be a starting guard for them this year. Um, Marquise Blair should have a role in that secondary. That might be it, though. I know if Gary Jennings is already out. They just do it a little bit different. And it, it, it's it's hard. Like I said, it goes back to it being very difficult to me to throw a whole lot of shade here because they don't draft the way we want them to and the team success. It's just it's a weird combination that works for them. All right, folks, we've been telling you about about Built Bar, but I need to remind you that this is the best tasting protein bar that I've ever had. It's hard to explain. You need to try it for yourself. They're all covered in real chocolate. The flavor variety is absolutely amazing. Uh, the just heard coconut almond was that that last uh, person's favorite. It's my wife's favorite. Donatello's right. I was thinking of which Ninja Turtle for me at the top of my big board. Probably still raspberry chocolate. To be honest with you, I'm a big mm. fan of what's going on there. The vanilla. I've got the peach cobbler on the way. Hopefully that arrives today. I ordered the end of last week. So that's what I love. It's it's the flavors are great. They eat like a candy bar, but there's so much variety. It's not like you're stuck with one flavor. Now if that's what you want, if you want an 18 pack of of just peanut butter, then go get it. But you can also mix up the variety and they taste great. There's no gritty aftertaste. It's like eating a candy bar. The nutrition facts are off the chart. Amazing combination combination of low calorie, high protein, 
and low sugar. It doesn't make sense how these things can be that good tasting and that good for you. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKEDON. It'll get you 10 bucks off your first order. Again, BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKEDON for 10 bucks off your first order. All right, Kyle, this next one, Vontel, the weekly special. Uh, there's $10 million at stake here, Kyle. You get to choose one of these. This is so, this is easy. Last two rounds, a minute and 30 each with prime Mike Tyson. So commits, yeah, no. commits suicide. Got it. Run, <laughs> run by prime Patrick Willis for three yards, Oklahoma style. You have four nope. tries. Not gonna yeah, yeah, nope, nope. Eat at the worst food joint you've ever had for a month. And for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So every meal for a month at the worst restaurant you've ever eaten at. Or live in the worst place you've ever visited for eight months. Yeah, food can be fuel, right? And food can exclusive be fuel. So that is the compartmentalization I will make. Yeah. And eat bad food every day for a month for $10 million. Agreed. We The, the thing about living in the worst place you've ever visited for eight months, I mean, I'm sure you've been to some rough places. You know, yeah. I know you've traveled a bit, especially when you were younger. Like if you had to be honest with yourself, there's some situations and, and I feel terrible for people that live in those situations, but you're not doing that for, for this. Well, you can just eat bad food for a month. Right. And, and here's the thing about those, those places, right. Is, is people live there because they have to. Right. Right. Like, and, and that's a, a, either a socioeconomic or out of the States. I, you know, I went to, went to China when I was, I think like 13, 14 years old and, and some of what that environment was like in those living conditions, it's like really eye opening to mm -hmm. be like, you know, and that was part of the reason why my parents took me overseas was to you know, see the world and, and see what we had and what other people from other backgrounds had. And it was a really eye opening experience, but like nobody would choose to live there. The people that live there don't choose to live there. They have to live there. Yeah. So like, I wouldn't subject. I wouldn't want anyone to to live in like horrid conditions. So it's the food for, me, for the, sure, the, here, right? The, the easiest choice to make is just yeah. say, okay, you know, I'll eat bad food. I mean, unless you like have like a I, I, no, Tyson's going to knock your ass out, brother. He'd knock. I wouldn't want to go in there with him today, man. These I, videos I, he's posted. Have you seen the his pictures and shit, dude? Versus what he was like a few years back. Would not f with this man. No, never. Tyson would knock my head clean off my shoulders. Yeah, you'd be decapitated. Like first punch, too. Do you know who's a badass that's not like um, like physically daunting? Clint Eastwood, man. Yeah. I mean, he's not like yoked up or anything, but that dude right there, like, I just wouldn't want to come face to face with him when he's pissed off. He's mean. He is, yeah. Okay, and, and let's be honest, I'm nowhere near the needed athlete to challenge Patrick Whittles head on. Well, I thought about that option. Now, do you have to successfully gain three yards or just try to run by him? Because I'll get tackled three times and move on with my life, or four times. Yeah, but you have to get three yards on yeah, one Yeah, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting three yards. Patrick would knock me out, too, let's be honest. Yeah, but yeah, I think you got pads on. You're just literally getting tackled. No, Tuck your man. chin, brother. He'd, he'd, he'd fold me in half like a lawn chair. <laughs> wow. We're lying five yards apart. And we got to roll over onto our stomachs and, and you might not get, get up. up and run. You might not get up in time. 
Even though I've I think my I think I'd be taking my first step forward as Patrick is spearing me. Well, with the ball. I saw a very a picture this weekend of you that uh revealed some impressive flexibility. Maybe you can get oh, up and yeah. get going. Yeah. I was just emulating uh one of us has a small child at home one who's of us, yeah. going through a phase of, you know, eating her toes or whatever, right? <laughs> Let's foot in the mouth and then saying goes you put your foot in your mouth right yeah she did it yeah does it all the time yes i'm physically capable of putting my foot in my mouth which i did not believe when i saw that picture initially i was like that's yeah, kind of gross somebody else's foot it's like dude it's like, it's <laughs> come on you don't not everything you have to do has to be shameless just for like <laughs> entertainment purposes <laughs> the sports nut yep Multi-part documentary on Bill Belichick would be better than one on Tom Brady. Yes. This is a great, great take right here. We already know the story of Tom Brady. We know he grew up loving Joe Montana on the West Coast, and then he went to Michigan, and he got in the battle with Drew Henson and really wasn't a starter and fell to the fifth round, and he looked like uh, a puny little man in his combine photo, and then he went to the Patriots, and Mo Lewis killed Drew Bledsoe, and then all of a sudden – Tom Brady destroyed the NFL for 20 years. Like we, we, we get it. We know about it. We, we got it right. I, I, if you're not a Patriots fan, you're probably like, Oh, especially me. I might be the wrong guy to ask this. Like to me, not interesting. There's mystery with Bill Belichick, right? Like just funky personality. But whenever you see him peel back the curtain, you see him like go on his fishing trips. You see some of those uh, just different like video segments that come out about him. It's like, yeah, this is interesting. Like, I feel like the mystery there makes it much more compelling than listening to hear about Tom Brady and his diet and why he's been able to beat Father Time and why he's why he's kicked everyone's ass for twenty years. Right, right. Are you with me here, or did I just go on an unnecessary rant? No, I agree with everything you said. I just <laughs> what's happening right now? Have you seen this tweet that went viral? Oh, okay, uh, sure. Probably not. I haven't been on Twitter from, much these days. From Kyrie's intellect. Okay. It's NFL players as babies. <laughs> and it's a picture. You know the the baby face filter on Snapchat, right? Yeah. So they put the baby face filter on Russ Wilson. They put the baby face picture or filter on Patrick Mahomes. They put the baby face filter on Dak Prescott. And they have a regular picture of Michael Thomas. You're stupid. <laughs> I think you're a, you're a sour patch kid over over Michael Thomas right now. I am dying. <laughs> NFL players as babies. All right. You have a take here to deal with. Okay. Uh, all right. This is from Jason, who says the squash call. Opening pales in comparison to the blazing star that was Joe's Canadian opening. That was the Charles Woodson of podcast openings. So the goat. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I was trying to do a Minnesota accent there, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. You kind of get like the same, you know. <laughs> go out on the ice. Uh, yeah, got to go out on the ice. Yeah, yeah. So you got you went a little uh, of Sweden there. You mix your Sweden and your oh, your Minnesota Minnesotian. Uh, yeah, so I'll do something stupid real soon. That'll be the open for a while. Don't worry. Uh, Joe Romano for next week's takes on takes. I need grinding the tape and 
at the Joe Marino to rank these exercises. Squat, deadlift, bench press, and pull-ups. What do you think the objective here in terms of like... That's a great question. Rank these according to what? Yeah, are you trying to get stronger? Are you trying to look good naked? Are you trying to play a sport? All of them will have different answers. All right, well... um, Let's, what do you, we have to, we have to come up with something here. Deadlift is the elite lift. Do you like doing deadlifts? No, but it does everything. Yeah. Right. It's, it's core strength. It's lower body strength. It's back, shoulders, grip strength, trains so much of your body. Like there's a reason why it's a fundamental lift. And it's because it hits so many major muscle groups. All right, I like these rankings. Go through it. You're the you're the guy for this. So all right, so deadlift. If I were ranking these exercises on benefit, effectiveness, and benefit yeah. to you know your overall health, I would say it's deadlift, squat, pull ups, and bench press. That's the exact opposite order of what everyone hoped you said. <laughs> I know. Yep, that's the unfortunate reality. Yeah. And that's not a coincidence, right? Yeah. The ego muscles involved with the bench press and and Oh, the ego this... muscles, huh? Yeah. I like you that. Know, you've never heard that phrase no, before. No, but I you you have different uh career history than I do and so you get yeah, to say that, weird things that, like everybody that. doing bench press and curls and for girls. Curls. I heard curls yep. for girls, curls before. Curls for the girls, you yeah. Know? Yep. So those are your ego muscles. Those are the ones you, you pop in. You like to look at yourself, pop off the bench when you're done. Look in the yeah. mirror. Feel it. You feel it immediately swole up. You know, you're like firm, you know? Correct. Yes. When's the last time you did uh, deadlifts, Kyle? Have you, you eaten a cupcake more recently than you've uh, done deadlifts? Uh, I did deadlifts over the weekend. You did deadlifts over the weekend? Yeah. I did stiff leg deadlifts. I didn't do like Olympic bar or any Olympic style lifts, but... Good for you, man. I haven't done a deadlift since. We got a barbell since, uh, here at the house, and we got a couple 25s and 35-pound plates, so it's enough to make it work. I'm telling you, I haven't done a deadlift since I was training for football, which was probably 19, 20 years old. So it's been a hot set. Been a good solid. I'll be 14. Uh, I'll be 34 uh, next week. So, uh, yeah, it's been so. Yeah, been it's been, been a good decade and a half. <laughs> You know, uh, okay. Uh, this one's for me. No, this one's for you. Uh, Brandon yeah. says, when we look back in five years and think about how this was such a deep wide receiver class, Quez Watkins will be one of the first names brought up. Man. I don't know. Quez went where Philly? No idea. Not off the top of my head. I'll find out though. Quez Watkins, Philly, pick 200. Okay. I mean, the guy, I like the guy right behind him even more, James Prochet, <laughs> Baltimore Ravens. I liked Freddie Swain, who went 214 to the Seattle Seahawks for the comp pick. Quez Watkins went I, to Philly because he ran 4 3, and that was their criteria right. this year. <laughs> Correct. I don't know. If I'm looking at the depth of the wide receiver class, I will probably be pointing to some of these names that went in the second round. Denzel Mims at 59. Uh, KJ Hamler at 46. Van Jefferson at 57. 
those are probably going to be the names that I point to. Brian Edwards at 81. Those will be the names that I cite and use as a reference for like, wow, this was a really deep class. Some of these guys, you know, if they play to their physical potential, can't believe they were available that late in the draft. We, we need to uh, we need to go a little bit further here on Quez Watkins. How come nobody is uh, yelling at him for his agility drills? He's 5'10", 199, ran what, four 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 three at the combine. Seven oh nine three cone and a four two two twenty yard short shuttle. Because nobody was projecting to be a first round pick. But he's five ten one ninety nine. People should be mad about this, Kyle. Oh, I'm the one guy that got like real mad at you for DK. Wait a minute, I I was wrong on those numbers. Four three five forty yard dash seven two eight three cone. Even worse, and four three six twenty yard shuttle. Even worse. Six foot one eighty five. Modest thirty six and a half inch vert. Yeah, that guy that was mad at me about DK said I was irresponsible. Yes, we were TDM was irresponsible for suggesting that a six foot four, two hundred and thirty pound wide receiver that runs four three and posted nine hundred receiving yards and seven touchdowns in his rookie season was bad. Traits. All right. Three more, Kyle. Three more. Next one's for you. I'm too a sexy for my shirt says Miami should take a wide receiver in the first round of the 2021 NFL draft. Yeah, super early, but I think being being programmed to think about getting a player like a Jalen Waddle to go with Tua or Devonta Smith or uh, a guy that can give them a, a yak-type player to go Jeez. with some of their bigger guys in Preston Williams and um, Devontae Parker on the outside. What are you whispering? Rondell Moore, what is this? Jamar Chase, you going to be that bad? I thought the, I thought the Dolphins were going nine and seven, Kyle. You ain't getting Jamar Chase for that. Maybe you need the Texans, Texans, right? Pick. Yeah, yeah. Texans will be picking higher or lower than the Dolphins. Do you agree with that? Yes. So Miami's first row pick will come courtesy of the Texans. Yes. No, the no, Dolphins. Dolphins will pick their own first pick first. Oh, they'll be scheduled to. I don't know. Trades could change things, but let's go. Okay. Uh, all right, two more. Yep. So, yeah, I think that's a good idea for right now. Uh, Charlie Gross says the New England Patriots will finish with a top 10 draft pick, yet will not draft a quarterback even if one of the top rated ones is available. Yeah, they seem to like Jared Stidham, right? It's all the uh, the writing on the wall, but uh, we need to see Jared Stidham play. And uh, I don't feel comfortable if New England is that bad where they're picking 10 in the top 10. <laughs> yeah, Jared Stidham Odds are. It. <laughs> odds odds are Jared Stidham did not have the year that the Patriots thought he was going to have. I don't know about you, Joe, but I would, I can't think of anything more perfect than like the Patriots to end up picking like ninth, right? It's just far enough out of the strike zone for the top guys, but that still means they were very bad. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if they would try to move up for a quarterback. You know, it's just stuff they haven't had to think about in 30 years. Right. Did you see uh, FPI came out from ESPN today? FPI? The Football Power Index. It's uh, pretty no. much like they're, they updated every week during the season for, like, playoff probabilities. And, they like, right now they've got, like, uh, win projections. and Oh, yeah. 
uh, playoff probabilities by like percentage points and like how likely your your team oh, is to win the division. See it on the cover of ESPN. Look who the frigging cover people are: John Brown, Josh Allen, Quentin Spain. This makes me very concerned. Do you want to know what their projected win total was for the Buffalo Bills this year? <sighs> I'm, I'm guess, yeah, I guess. Projected win total for the Buffalo Bills: eight and six or eight point six wins. And 7.4 losses. Okay. That was good so enough to be your projecting to be nine and seven. Okay. Right. Like they've got, they've got the chiefs and Ravens both projected for 11 plus wins. They've got the 49ers and, and saints projected for 10 plus wins. Uh, nine wins is projected to be Cowboys, Buccaneers, Eagles, Seahawks, Steelers, Bills, Colts, Patriots, and Vikings. That's comfortable for me. All right. Worst cool. team in the league, according to ESPN's FPI, Jacksonville Jaguars, 5-11. Obviously, they won't finish 5-11, but. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty tight. So they have, what is this? The FPI full 2020 rankings, they have the Bills at 10. Yes. Okay. Where do they have Houston? Uh, negative one point five. They're bottom ten. Bottom ten team. One, two, three, do they really? Seven, eight, ninth. They're the ninth worst team in the NFL. And they have Miami twenty seventh. Which is yeah, imagine. So that they think that's yeah. pretty close. That that was a very hot take that I said that I think the text the Dolphins first round pick will come courtesy of their them. That's not like clear cut. In the eyes of the Apparently FBI. Not. Apparently not. Jaguars, Redskins, Bengals, Panthers, Lions, Dolphins, Giants. Jets, One thing I'm noticing Jets fans are pissed off, I'm sure. They don't seem to take, like, I don't know how much they weigh the coaching in here. <laughs> I don't know anything about this formula, so. Measure of team strength that is meant to be the best predictor of a team's performance going forward for the rest of the season. FBI represents how many points above or below average a team is. Projected results are based on 10,000 simulations of the rest of the season using FPI results to date in the remaining schedule. Ratings and projections update daily. Who do you think, which fan base do you think is the most offended by looking at this? The Titans, because they were 16th and they were like in the AFC championship Mm. game. You know, they're pissed off whether they should be or not. That's the fan base that's mad about this. No, I think Green Bay. They're 15. They're once, they're, yeah, but they're, they're like, it's plus or minus, right? So it's like, how much above average are you? The Packers are zero. So like, they're they're as average as average gets. Yeah, they have projected to win eight eight point one games with a forty three percent chance of making the playoffs on the heels of a thirteen and three season. What's with the Vikings? Love? How are the Vikings slate scheduled to be a better team this know, year man. than Green they Bay? Lost, I don't know. I do not it get that one at all. It ain't the quarterback. It ain't coaching. It ain't the defense. <laughs> not the offensive line. I don't know. I, yeah, I do. And they lost to Stephon Diggs. <laughs> don't, I don't know. I think the top four know. teams are reasonable. I don't. I don't. Man, this could have been a yeah. whole show, huh? All right. <laughs> we should probably come back to this. Huh? <laughs> come back to this. All right. <laughs> is this last one for me? Yes. Uh, Yes, it is. It's from Joey. It's from Joey for Joey. Take. The Giants will finish the year winless, prompted Gettleman to be fired. The new GM will want to move on from Daniel Jones and take Trevor Lawrence number one. The Giants will not be winless this year. 
Um, I, they play the Redskins twice, so they'll win one of those. Um, they play the Bengals at Cincinnati. They play Cleveland. At least that's at home. We're working real hard looking for layups, aren't we? Yeah, it's not. This isn't an easy schedule. This is a difficult schedule. At Chicago to start the year, Niners, Rams, at Cowboys, Redskins, at Eagles, Bucks, at Redskins, Eagles, at Bengals, at Seahawks, Cardinals, Browns, at Ravens, Cowboys. That's a difficult schedule. It is. Because that that AFC North is not a pushover division at all. I think there's three three really solid teams in there. Um, and then the Bengals, who should be better this year. And then they play, it looks like the NFC West, which is difficult division. And they are, yeah, they'll, they won't go winless. But this is a tough, this is a tough schedule here. And if they, if they do move on from Gettleman and they are picking number one, I don't think Daniel Jones precludes you from taking Trevor Lawrence. He shouldn't. So I'm not rooting for this. I, I have a soft spot in my heart for Daniel Jones. I hope that he winds up being an amazing quarterback. Um, but yeah, no, if you're picking one, you pick Trevor Lawrence, no matter what, put it on a, put it on a post-it note. All right, that's it. We're done. We'll be sure to, uh, I have a feeling we're going to be talking more FPI (laughs) for the rest of the week. Lots of good content there. So make sure you check it out. Brace yourselves for what is in undoubtedly coming here on the draft dudes podcast. I'm Kyle Crabb signing off with Joe Marino. Thanks as always for listening. We hope to speak with you all again tomorrow.